Unlocking Your World of Creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Mark introduces you to some of the world's leading creative talent from publishing, film, music, restaurants, medical research, and more. You'll discover how to tap into your most original thinking, how to organize your ideas, and most of all, how to make the connections and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity. Today, I've got a terrific guest who really combines that personal passion for creativity with the expression of that creativity in a lot of different ways, especially in the company and corporate world that he works in. My guest is Andrew Embry from Indianapolis. Hey, thanks so much for having me here. I'm really excited about our conversation today. And you've got such great energy. And Andrew, this pursuit of creativity, both as a personal passion, but also how you bring that creativity to work. How does that overlap? work for you these days, especially in a time where we're working remotely. And sometimes we can't always count on the creative energy of either our workspace traditionally or our work team. You know, it's really interesting. Not only are we working remotely, but the lines between work and home are blurring more and more and more. Like as we're chatting right now, I'm working from my bedroom slash home office. Right. Yeah. And so I, I think for me, the biggest challenge is making sure I'm getting enough energy to fill my bucket to keep the creativity going. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's getting up and taking walks. Maybe that's making sure I work out in the morning. Maybe that's taking a break during the day just to go play with my kids. I have two little daughters. And if you want creativity in a nutshell, just go hang out with the kid for five minutes and they'll get all the energy you need. You can gather that energy, then it becomes so much easier to bring it into wherever you are. It's wonderful. And Andrew's been publishing a blog for, gosh, several years now. I, I kept scrolling to find the end, and it's a never-ending source of creative inspiration. Yeah, Andrew's blog is called Striking Matches, Igniting New Ideas and Expanding the Way We Think About Things. And Andrew, you post all sorts of great articles about you know curiosity and exploration, but also techniques and tools to really spark creativity. Tell us a little bit about where you get your ideas for the blog. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I was thinking just myself, uh, the blog is almost nine years old now. So oh, amazing. Nine. And so I'm very, very proud of that and the consistency of writing. As far as the ideas, I think it starts with this creative mindset. And what I explain to people, because so often they're like, oh, you're so creativity. Like, where does it come from? Well, it begins with this mindset of believing that there is a story and there's a beauty hidden inside of everything, Right. And if you believe that it's hidden there, all it is is for you to go and like find that story and uncover it a little bit. And so because I have that mindset, I can look at a wide variety of things, whether it's video games and seeing some of the interesting learnings we can pull from that or learnings from being a dad, right? The entire world becomes my playground at that. Well, and you've mentioned several books and several movies and videos and things like this that have spurred you. A couple of books that you mentioned, one was this idea of candor, both personally and in the workplace and relationships. Yeah, so that book is, is Radical Candor by Kim Scott. And so I had a colleague introduce the book to me. And in a nutshell, it's all about how important it is to give quality direct feedback to individuals. So I live in Indianapolis in the Midwest and often we can be Midwest nice, right? <laughs> so we think we're doing a kindness because we're not really like pointing out when people are making mistakes or things along those lines. And in the short term, that keeps everybody comfortable, but in the long term, it doesn't help them in their own growth and development. And so from radical candor, what I've really took away is 
if you really love and care about someone, you'll have some of those tough conversations with them. And if they know that you love and care about them, they'll accept that, that feedback and they'll know that you're there helping them to grow. And so I think that's one of the most important lessons I've ever learned. And whether it's giving the feedback or receiving the feedback, right? Like as we talk about creativity, there are a lot of times I have ideas that I fall in love with and I got to realize like, just because I love them, not everybody else is going to either. Well, exactly. And I guess I was thinking of our, uh, what, tender, uh, fragile, creative ego sometimes, you know, thanks for the candor, but I really wasn't that open to it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there a few times. Yeah. You know, I wasn't really interested in my growth and uh, development today. I just wanted <laughs> to be, but one of the expressions of your own creativity, Andrew, is in spoken word poetry. And I, I love the combination of those two things because it's obviously part poetry itself, but also part performance and, you know, uh, standing in front of the group to deliver that poetry. You know, it's, it's something that I, I stumbled into. I've been writing poetry ever since I was a little kid. And then I performed in a few like coffee shops when I was in college. I, after that, I got my first job. I moved up to Wisconsin and I found that there were competitions. So I started doing the competitions and it was so fascinating because that's when I really began to find what my voice is and really hone in on, on who I am as a performer, as a writer, as an artist. And it's a great chance to be able to stand up on stage and speak your truth, right? And not only do I love doing it outside of work, I've been able to bring so much of that inside of work too. And so being in a, in a large company, I performed in front of like thousands of people and I never thought that would have happened, you know, five, 10 years ago, but here I am being requested. I've had like the CEO ask me to perform poetry and stuff for the teams and stuff. And it's, I think people are beginning to see it's a great way to trigger and pull out those emotions and passions that we all have deep inside of us. Yes, instead of just the straightforward kind of sort of corporate speech, right? Totally. Uh, with PowerPoint, as we were laughing before. <laughs> well, I've actually, you know, not everyone who gives a, a corporate presentation has it end up on YouTube. But I've seen your spoken word poetry at your company, Eli Lilly and Company there in Indianapolis, speaking about the passion that you yourself have for the company, but how everyone is engaged in that passion. It's a terrific video. I really, really appreciate that. And I was lucky enough that the CEO had seen me perform something else. And it's a funny story. He saw me perform something and he said, hey, did you write what you just performed? And I said, yes, sir, I did. And he said, well, we're having a 140th anniversary. I want you to write something for that. So I need you to send me an email tonight so I can connect you with my people. And so that night I went home and I was chuckling to myself because I'm thinking I'm totally writing my CEO a note to say, hey, I'm the poetry guy, just in case you forgot, right? <laughs> he, he loved it and really, really appreciated it. And I think it showed a real human side to him too, mm -hmm. as to be willing to bring that in to a science-based company where it's easy to get lost and like, the numbers and the clinical side to help us remind, remember like how important the patients are that we're helping. Mm -hmm. Well, and the camera angle is obviously from the back of the crowd, but when you see the heads nodding and of course the standing ovation at the conclusion of the poem and the performance uh, must've been very gratifying. It, it was, it, it really touched my heart and it, it, there was a standing ovation and there are people who had, had tears in their eyes and that's when you know like you've done something magical, right? Like as a creative person, yes, you do it some for yourself, but you do it to like touch someone else. And so when you get that type of feedback and you know you've left an imprint on someone, that's when you know you've done a, a job very well. Yes. 
Well, listeners, I will certainly include a link to the YouTube video and to Andrew's Striking Matches blog in the show notes so you can refer to that. Well, Andrew, let's uh, take off from there to talk about how you apply this creativity at work. Uh, You're on the brand management team now of a new uh, medication there at Eli Lilly, but also, I mean, have built a career of uh, almost 15 years working at this company in various roles. How do you bring the creativity and how do you feel like you have a chance to apply that in your role? You know, it's, it's really interesting because when people first start to see me in a marketing capacity, they're like, wait a minute, aren't you the poet guy? Like, how do those two things work with each other? <laughs> and, and, and it takes a minute for me to say, if you really think about it, writing and performing poetry is about understanding someone and their perspective really well, and then using words to pull feelings out of them, right? If you think about marketing, marketing is really about understanding your end customer incredibly well and walking in their shoes and then using messaging and tactics to get them to think, feel, or do something. So I always joke like it's very similar, except for maybe poetry is painting with oil-based paints and marketing is using watercolors, right? Mm -hmm. And so if I go back to earlier in our conversation, it all starts with this mindset of there's beauty hidden everywhere. And so in my marketing case, the beauty is hidden in the patients that we serve and the doctors that we work with and really understanding them and their mindset and their struggles and their challenges. And once I can really step in their shoes and embody them, then I can see the world from their eyes and find the creative solutions to help move them along to where they want to be. Mm -hmm. And you're really taking it from a very empathetic understanding the patient and the doctors as people. This is maybe contradictory to some people, but when market research, you know, it is about the numbers or how many people clicked or how many people agreed with us or how many people gave it a 10, but you've really brought it down maybe to the heart level instead. Yeah, definitely bring it to the heart level. At the same time, all the numbers and the data, they help tell the story too. Mm -hmm. Before I was in marketing as I am now, I was in market research and I love market research because I could combine all of the qualitative interviews that were totally about the heartstrings, as well as all this survey data. And once you begin to synthesize and triangulate, you begin to paint a full picture of a person. So I'd say you need both sides of those things. And part of the creativity is not just generating new ideas, but figuring out new ways that those dots can connect to each other. Well, and in your industry, particular pharma and biotech, but really in all industries, there's traditional and almost infamous, sometimes conflict between that analytical, you mentioned scientists, you know, and and a very clinical thinking process and this creative what if, but really aren't they both innovation? You know, aren't they both creativity? They are both creativity. And What's interesting is so many people say, Andrew, you're so creative. I wish I could do the the stuff with words that you do. And then I go look at the analytics people and I say, I wish I could work the data the way that you do. (laughs) Yes. Right? Because you're able to turn all these ones and zeros into answers that actually matter, right? They're using creativity in an entirely different way. And I think part of what I've learned throughout my, my career, my journey is if you can help people see how they're using their own style of creativity, then they can see how much that's valued and they can lean into who they are and bring even more value to like you and your team. And what about this, the the amount of creativity and passion that maybe goes into marketing these new pharma innovations because they see a commercial on TV at night and think that that's what it's all about. But lift the hood a little bit and tell us about how the drugs really do come to market and how those are serving patients. Yeah, you know... (sighs) 
It really all starts with understanding the patients and their needs. And like I said before, really walking in their shoes, right? Because for any product out there, there's a functional benefit, but there's also the social and emotional benefits as well. My iPhone allows me to make phone calls and stay connected on the internet, but also allows me to like feel cool because it's an iPhone and it does all these other things, right? And so as we're thinking about drugs, yeah, the clinical information is incredibly important. And that really matters because if you don't have something that's efficacious and works, then it's not going to be good for the patients. But as you go from drugs to developing brands, it's how do we use those insights about the patient to really tap into what motivates them from like an emotional level? Because it's not just that the drug helps treat the disease, but the drug helps to treat the disease, which then enables that patient to go do something else. I help treat a disease so my grandma can have more time with their great grandkids, right? Mm -hmm. Treat a disease so my mom has more days where she's feeling good about things. And so that's what we're really focused on. It's like the outcome uh, of being able to treat that disease and being able to like bring some of that to life so people can envision what their life, what a better life could be for them. Well, and Andrew on a brand management team, you're also surrounded by a lot of other people who are applying maybe different parts of their creativity. I love that one of the books that you mentioned in your blog was The Six Thinking Hats by Edward de Bono, a book that has had tremendous impact on me and my creativity and my career. Do you really see that diversity? You know, we often use this term now to mean a lot of different things in HR language, but the diversity of creative thought is so important as well, isn't it? It is. Just yesterday, I was in a meeting and you had the brand managers You had what we call the omni-channel managers who are thinking about all the various channels. So digital, you know, source of authority, things like that. We had our sales leaders on, right? We had like medical, legal, regulatory on. Everyone's on there talking at the same time, sharing their own creative insights. And then as a group, we're trying to like navigate all of that because all of it's valuable input. And then it's a matter of how do we bring it all together into something that can create that secret sauce that really helps us be successful out in the market. Wonderful. And uh, let's think about the future. You know, I think all of us are now thinking about what the future holds, you know, when we're all back interacting and a little bit more personal connectedness. But for you and your work, what do you see? Oh, that, that's a really, really good question. I think we're still trying to just make sense of, of the world as it's changing now. And so as we kind of sort through all this, I think there are marketing innovations of we're going to have to be more digital than ever. And we're going to have to meet customers where they are more than ever. And I think everyone's trying to move, move that way. I also believe like there will be a resurgence, if you will, of how important that human to human contact and, and relationships are. I know I miss going into the office for the deep relationships I have but also just those short little interactions where I see somebody and make a joke because I haven't seen them for a long time, right? And so I think it will be a combination of both of those things that we'll have to figure out how we begin to uh, navigate through. I think the other thing, and we talked a little bit about this around data, we're getting more data than ever now. And so how do we use machine learning to help us turn that data into insights that we can use to be better? And I think that's something that all industries are sorting through and trying to figure out how to do. Well, Andrew, I couldn't help but think that you're probably got something on your laptop or something in your notebook that you've been working on. Uh, Could I put you on the spot and have you share a little bit of your work so people get a flavor of that creativity? 
I would absolutely love to share something. So this is a poem uh, called Bringing Love into Work. And as we talk through our interview, I'm all about bringing your full self into work, bringing your creative passions and things. And something I'm very passionate about is loving and deeply caring for other people. And so um, bring love into work. Here is the poem. Someone once told me they didn't think I should discuss love at work. Love doesn't fit in corporate America. It might make people feel uncomfortable. It's too pie in the sky, too squishy, too soft. My response, one, I'm sorry to anyone who feels uncomfortable when I talk about love. I do not apologize for the discomfort. I'm sorry for what that discomfort means for you. If love makes you uncomfortable, maybe you've never been loved before. If so, it must be startling to see love popping up in unexpected places like seeing a peacock at a grocery store. It's wild and powerful and beautiful, but you don't know how to process what's happening. As this majestic bird walks towards you in the canned good aisle, see you're not used to seeing extraordinary things in places you believe are supposed to be ordinary. This says more about our environment that you live in than it says about you. It's not your fault. I do not blame you. Maybe you have loved and been heartbroken, the wound still fresh, and every time you see love, it rips part of the scab off. To defend yourself, you decide this can't be real, like a mirage in a desert, offering clear blue waters you waste away from dehydration, lying in unforgiving sand. I assure you, it's real. But I won't ask you to believe me. Only believe me when you feel my actions have given you sufficient proof. I can be patient. I will keep showing you love. Two, love is pie in the sky? Really? Do you believe love is rainbows and butterflies, blue skies and unicorns? Do leaders show your love, show your love with relentless positivity with their heads in the clouds as they walk through fields of landmines and challenges? That's not love. That's refusing to live in reality, dangerous daydreaming, selfishness, believing that gravity doesn't apply to you. Love is the tension of paradox. It's dreaming of blue skies and having both feet on the ground. Love is leaders who see the horizon and the mud who we will wade to get there, the possibilities infinite like stars and the heartaches and jagged rocks we will encounter on our journey. Love is seeing the top of the mountain and acknowledging when our hearts are sunk deep in the dark pits of a valley. Love is feeling despair and tapping into the strength to move forward. Love is the grittiest, most real, and most powerful thing I've ever experienced. Your pie in the sky has no part in my love. Three, love is too squishy? We must be talking about different things. Squishy is the jellyfish spine of a leader who lacks principles, who never has the hard conversation, gives smiles, but never true feedback. Their people feel good, but it's only because they don't know they're being lied to yet. See, love may be hard to define like care, compassion, and being supportive, but love is not squishy. Love is a strong backbone and steel gaze as you stare someone in the eyes and tell them the truth that they don't want, but the truth they need. This truth might be hard to swallow, but their heart will thank you for. Love is too soft. It's a soft skill and has no place in the hard world of business filled with cold, hard data, cold, hard financial figures, cold, hard metal, cold, hard machines, and people you wish were cold, hard machines. I think that's what you're saying, right? But businesses are filled with messy, glorious, and perfect, warm humans trying to work together and navigate the chaos. There's nothing soft about leading. There's nothing soft about love. Loving someone is the hardest skill you could ever hope to master. Love is toiling in tough dirt with calloused hands, 
planting, weeding, nurturing until people grow into what they always could be. Love is using your power to stop the vice grips from closing your mind so you can remain open to your team. Love is being strong enough to silence yourself so you can hear someone else until they feel seen. Love is putting yourself out there on center stage and bright lights where everyone can watch and judge you where you are your most vulnerable, fully knowing you're likely going to get hurt and knowing this is one of the few ways to create safe spaces. Love is committing to all these things and more day in and day out. There's nothing soft about a task so hard, a bond so powerful. Five, I will not blame you if you choose not to bring love into your work. It's scary, it's complicated, it's hard. People are worth this commitment. So I'll keep bringing love into work and I'll keep loving you too. Andrew, so powerful. I really appreciate that. You know, podcasts are a funny thing. There's no such thing as uh, ratings like radio. So I have no idea if a hundred people heard that or thousands of people heard that. But I know somebody needed to hear that today who needed to bring love into work. So I appreciate you sharing that. Hey, thanks for giving me the chance to share. And as long as it touches one heart, that's all that matters. That's right. One at a time. Well, listeners, I hope you've gotten some creative inspiration from this conversation. I've really enjoyed it, Andrew. My guest has been Andrew Embry. He's a brand manager at Eli Lilly. Even more, he's a creative spirit. He's the author of a blog, Striking Matches. He's a spoken word poet and the marketing poet. I love the combination of those two things. That makes a great back of the business card kind of description of you. Well, hey, thanks so much. It's been my pleasure. Really enjoyed our conversation. Absolutely. So listeners, be sure to check out the show notes for a lot of links that I'll be sharing about Andrew and his creative work. And then come back again, of course, next episode, we'll continue our around the world journeys. We'll be stamping our passport in places literally around the world as we talk to creative practitioners about how they get inspired for their work, how they organize that work, and then how they gain the confidence and the connections and create the opportunities to launch their work out into the world. So until then, I'm Mark Stinson, and we've been unlocking your world of creativity. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and thepeaceroom.love. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get the book, A World of Creativity, for a special price of $5.98 for paperback. And the Kindle version is only 99 cents. Go to mark-stinson.com to take advantage of this special offer. Our podcast is supported by Adobe and the Adobe Creative Cloud, the world's best creative app and services. So you can make almost anything you can imagine wherever you're inspired. We use Adobe to help make this podcast using Audition, Premiere Rush, InDesign, and more. So join the creative community with the Adobe Creative Cloud and let's make something better unlocking your world of creativity.